Hey everybody, welcome back to Hopelessly Tatiana. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in and listen. Today, we're going to talk about week one of the Women's History Month calendar. This month's focus is on break the bias. We all want to live in a world free of stereotypes, discrimination, and bias. In my humble opinion, the best way to create this place is through education and showing each other love and respect. So, if there's a specific section you want to know more about, that's okay, no worries. There will be timestamps included in the show notes. I'm Tatiana, and you're listening to Hopelessly Tatiana. Let's dive right in. So day one was a rest and recharge day. So pretty chill, had to keep it mild-mannered because I just did the Black History Month calendar and then I had the spoken word event, which went fabulously as I talked about before. But I'm gonna be honest, I have a full-time job on top of doing all these things and I needed a bit of a break. (laughs) So day one was rest and recharge. I basically just told everybody to take a moment, find their center, like I had to do, (laughs) catch up on sleep or whatever it was you need to catch up on and just take a minute to find yourself and relax. I watched a couple of TV shows, I think, you know, just taking some time to recharge that battery because you really can wear it down. And once you wear it out, it's, it's harder to recharge it. So taking adequate time in between to find a center is very useful advice (laughs) okay so that was day one day two was another self-care day but this one was write a love letter to yourself now I put this on the calendar because I did this last year and of all the things I did last year this one was probably the most emotionally intense in the best possible way like I, I, when I wrote my letter to myself, it brought actual tears to my eyes. Like I didn't realize how much I meant to myself and how much I needed to believe that I was in my own corner and to release those emotions and expectations and and tell myself how much I loved myself and how much I valued myself. And it was a really liberating experience. And I really wanted to share that with the other people in the group and give them a chance to consider doing something like that to tell yourself you love you in a note like there's something about writing that out that's so for me at least so much deeper than just looking at myself in the mirror and saying I love you like sitting down and taking the time to be like this is what I love about myself this is why I love this about myself this is why I won't never stop loving myself you know and to forgive myself like it was the letter I wrote was so intense because it started off as like oh I love you for all these positive traits but then it got deeper and then it was like I forgive you for all of these mistakes and then it was just like we are in this together because we we are all each other has for eternity so it was this real bonding experience with myself which seems weird but it was cathartic like I highly recommend that everybody out there write themselves a love letter at least once a year (laughs) Like I actually went back and read mine again and it still brings tears to my eyes. It's it's a little corny in a sense, but it's also just this deeply moving experience. Like 
being able to look to tell yourself, I love you and I love you no matter what. I love you even if other people don't. I love you on days when you forget to love yourself. I love you on days when you don't feel like you're worth it. Being able to have that and what the best part of the letter is when you do have those days where you feel like you don't love you, you can go back and grab it and read it. And we all have those days where stuff happens or where, you know, we make a mistake or breakups or getting laid off or something goes wrong. We have those days where bad things happen and then we just don't like ourselves. And having that letter to just read again, to be like, I do love me. I made a commitment to myself and I'm going to honor it. I mean, there's, there's nothing quite like it. Honestly, there's nothing quite like it. So I do hope that those people who are listening, that you take the time to write yourself a love letter because who's going to love you better than you? And if your answer is somebody else, that's a problem. Like you are the one person that you were born with, you will live with, you will die with no matter what. So taking the time to show yourself that degree of appreciation for the commitment that you're making to be there for yourself, man. (laughs) So yes, write yourself a love letter. I highly recommend it. Like I highly recommend all types of things. (laughs) All right. Now day three, day three was my start a convo day. This calendar is a bit different than last year's or last month's calendar, because while I have the same sort of topics, um, there are also some different ones. Like I took out the historical elements. I still have the famous women, but I have more famous women. Um, and I don't have any historical elements, but I added show love. So there were more action based things. So it's still, you know, learning about people, but it's also action steps, things that we can, we can, they're actionable things we can do. Um, but my start the conversations, I'm not like the last calendar. Um, when I had to start the conversation, I would start it with like a bunch of information. And for this month, I'm not going to do that. These are all going to be actual conversations. Like all the topics I picked are just like topics. Now, before anyone's like, well, why did you do that this month and not last month? The, the reason is very simple. When it comes to race relations, the line is more difficult to enforce um it when someone says something that's a microaggression all the black people will know but not everybody in the group will know so it becomes an easier place to become offended when we talk about race things and people offend you on accident and then you have to find the way to find the headspace to deal with that so that's why i was a bit more controlling in the way that i handled the, the black history month calendar as opposed to the women's history month calendar the narrative's a bit different when someone says something sexist, it's a clear line that everyone can be like, that's sexist. No, there's, you're not going to find very many women that are just like, that's not sexist. So it's, uh, because it's, I guess, easier for people to understand where that line is. It's hard. It's a, when it's crossed, it's an easier thing to, for people to accept without pushback. So this is more of an open conversation. And, you know, we all did not agree. We had different takes on body image. So the question, well, my statement was a lot of people struggle with body image. And I wanted to know what other people thought of the body positivity movement. Like, do they believe that it improved mental health or uh, decreased eating disorders? And honestly, the take on that was pretty broad. Like everybody's opinion of body positivity was a bit different. Um, For my stance, I am pro accepting and loving yourself 
I am not for the healthy at any size because that's factually inaccurate. You can be healthy at the size you're at presently, but the reality is you're borrowing. You're borrowing from your future. So while it could be accurate that you presently are not dying, um, it does not mean you're actually healthy. Uh, But with that said, I don't support fat shaming. Like I am fat. If somebody walks up to me, all the relationships I have had, be them romantic ones or, um, or friendships, all the relationships I've had where people resorted to shaming to get me to lose weight, I gained weight because shame doesn't help. Like it's making me feel bad about something that I need to change doesn't help. This it's not as it's not as simple. Losing weight or changing your body style isn't as simple as just I'm gonna go to the gym three days a week and you know work out for five hours, eat eat exactly this, and I'll be skinny. Because unfortunately, as much as we'd all love to believe that there's a cookie cutter like model, there really isn't. Because everybody's body's different. There are so many different factors that influence weight gain and weight loss. You know, the amount of time you've been fat makes it harder for you to lose weight. Um, the amount of weight you have. Because if you're someone who's very heavy set, you might lose a lot of weight at first and then you have issues later. The way you go about losing weight, because sometimes calorie restriction can lead to weight gain in, in the future. So example, things like The Biggest Loser have been criticized because a lot of those contestants gained all the weight back because of the degree <laughs> to which they made them work out and eat healthy. Those aren't sustainable practices. So while it is, while there is this belief that it's one model, everybody follow the model, you'll be skin, you'll be thin. That's not a realistic belief. Uh, let's just, just base logic, base logic. If I have a cold and you have a cold and we both go to the doctor, if the doctor just goes, you have a cold and gives us both medicine without taking anything else into consideration, one of us could get sicker and die. Because the truth is we need to know what caused your cold. Maybe you have an underlying disease. Maybe I do. Maybe my cold isn't a cold. Maybe it's a symptom of something else. Maybe your cold is just a cold. There are so many other factors that we don't factor in. We just go do these exact things and you'll lose weight. And I promise I have done so many things. Like I've gone vegan. I've gone vegetarian. I've done like boxing. I have... <laughs> I've, I've dieted, obviously. I've exercised. I've fasted. Like I've done so many things, and the idea that blaming, blaming, and shaming people for it, their weight gain doesn't help. In my opinion, a lot of weight gain has to a part of the weight gain can do with your mental situation because you don't always know what's helping you or causing you to retain the weight. You know, because it's not always just your body. Your your body and your mind are two connected things. They're not separate, you know. You know, we call our our gut our second brain because we have neurons in our guts. So, the reality is our bodies and our minds are connected and sometimes how you feel about yourself impacts how much weight you put on. So, what I can say is every time I've lost weight and sustained it, those were times in which I was feeling very good about myself where I was focusing on things that brought me joy, where I was doing things that brought, made me happy. Even if I wasn't doing a lot of movement, I was in a better mental place. And from that mental place, I was able to drop weight. So a lot of it, it's, so some of it isn't just what we eat. 
it can be what your mentality about something like we know the power of the the brain like we talk about the placebo effect all the time we all know the power of the, of the brain so fat shaming not okay concern trolling also not okay it's just like a very sh- weird way of fat shaming like can how can you be concerned for me if you don't even know me and you haven't asked a single question about what happened how I got here why I'm here like it's just well you're fat and I, I'm telling you because I want you to you know no you, so did you do do you think I covered all the mirrors in my house is is like what what how how do I not know what I look like I see me every day I dress me every day what do you mean so it's it's just this kind of being overweight is one of those few things where you can make fun of someone and get away with it because it's just acceptable because it's like a an area where just make fun of them and it's all right but it's not because especially if your goal is for someone to get healthier making fun of them is not going to make that happen so i do not at all recommend fat shaming um the conversation also geared towards the media Mm, the media not a fan not a fan the media's portrayal of human beings is just not accurate. It's really weird. We've had celebrities hop on, like, go on, like, go online and like Twitter and and talk about how they don't like the way their bodies look in these photos because they've been airbrushed and like all the things that we do. Like, it's not a fan of the media. <laughs> its portrayal of what the human body is supposed to look like is just not. I would like to see more movies with people that look like actual people (laughs) as opposed to ones where everybody is a a stick and if you're not a stick you're the comic relief because at this point everybody's comic relief because people no no one looks like that um so it creates these weird real unrealistic expectations that obviously affect young children who see that and think that that's what they're supposed to look like and some of those body images are only attainable via starvation so not a healthy model to be showing children or until and telling them that this is what you're supposed to look like. Um, we also talked about health in general. Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of like the healthy at any size. Cause that's I'm questioning the questioning the actual logic behind that. You can be healthy, but if you are truly overweight, you are definitely on borrowed time. And I don't mean like, I'm wishing ill because I am overweight and I am aware like uh, I come a family come from a family with a history of diabetes. So I know that for every pound I have over what I need to be over and I am many, 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 many pounds over. Um, I am increasing my risk risk of diabetes. Now, presently, I'm healthy right now. I can go to the doctor, get a clean bill of health. But that doesn't mean I'm healthy long term. It just means that at this exact moment, I am healthy. But I'm on borrowed time. The older I get, the more likely I am to develop problems. So I'm not a huge fan of the healthy size because it's it doesn't promote the right messaging. The messaging that I believe should be promoted is beautiful at all times because our beauty is not related to our size. You are beautiful no matter what size you are. Like you can be the most beautiful person in the world and be 600 pounds. Like beauty is not at all size related. And we need to like divorce those two ideas. You know, you can be beautiful. You can be confident. You can be powerful. You can be loving. You can be determined. You can have all of these wonderful adjectives that describe you and be overweight. Those things don't have to be 
the same. You can love who you are as a person and still feel that it's okay to change certain aspects of you. Like a story that I told in the group or mentioned in the group was I did have a friend once who was super skinny and she's really cool. Uh, well, anyway, um, but I remember when I was trying to lose weight and I was woe to the heavies and I was asking for advice and I kept asking for advice and she kept telling me that I was fine the way I was. You're fine the way you are. You're fine the way you are. And then it went from I'm fine the way I am to why don't you love yourself more? You know, you have to learn to love who you are and where you are. And mind you, for me, I had just come back from the doctor and they're like, yo, that diabetes risk is really, really going up there. You need to lose weight. And so I'm reaching out to people, my friends who work out all the time or healthy. And I'm like, hey, okay, I need help. What can you do? And instead of like helping, it was like, no, 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 you're fine. And and so I guess that's my big glitch with this whole healthy at any size or body positivity because you can kill someone not like immediately not like oh I've caused your death but this idea of not of it, it being more important to protect your feelings in the sense of if someone's asking you for help not if you're some random stranger telling someone they're fat no one likes it when random people walk up and tell them to quit smoking don't do it to people who are overweight um so not but like if someone's asking you for help and it's more of a no 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 love yourself it sent me into this real depressed place because then I was like do I not love myself I just I I thought I was showing myself love by trying to get healthy and instead it was like because I was trying to change my body that meant I didn't love myself and it was a weird place to put someone in when they're trying to get healthy so I'm not a huge fan of the whole healthy inside and body positivity because I don't believe they promote the messaging that promotes longevity. So I believe that we should be focusing more on learning to love ourselves despite our size and learning to love who we are. You know, we, we you shouldn't be thin and thinking you should be thinner. You shouldn't be fat and thinking you should be thinner to be to be beautiful. Like those things aren't. Those things should not be connected. You should be able to be, this is who I am. And I am also this. Not, I'm not beautiful because I'm fat. Because that's not, I'm a beautiful person. People tell me I'm beautiful all the time. They could be lying, but I'm going to pretend like they're not. So I believe I'm beautiful. I just am also obese. And that's something I'm going to work on. It's been, I've been obese for a, a while now. So it's not going to be an easy sort of thing to fix. It's not just going to be tomorrow I'm going to diet and I'll be I'll be skin in three skin knee in three months. That's not a thing. So it's the reality of figuring out what your body needs, how your body works, how your body operates, and learning to love you through the process, regardless of the size you're at. Learning that you are something to be valued, something to be appreciated, someone to be respected. Those things should have nothing to do with what your body looks like. They have everything to do with who you are as a person. And I think as people, you're all absolutely lovely because you're listening to me talk. So magically lovely, automatically. <laughs> all right. Well, that was day three. We'll talk about day four right after this sponsored break. If you like this content, have a question or want to make your opinion known, leave a comment and review on iTunes. 
If you want to learn more about me and my writing, check out my website, www.hopelesslytatiana.com. Or if you just want to say hi and have a chat, come find me on Instagram and Facebook by searching Hopelessly Tatiana. I'd love to hear from you. Your voice, your life, your story matters. And I'm willing to listen if you want to tell it. Welcome back. All right, so day four was Women in History, and the woman I chose was Frida Kahlo. Now, Frida Kahlo was an artist. Um, She's one of the greatest Mexican artists, possibly one of the greatest artists when it comes to her self-portraits. She became an artist shortly after being in a a bus accident, which left her in a cast for three months. She later married and became a political activist, and she was known for expressing her, you know, identity through her painting. And I really, really liked the bit I learned about Frida because I honestly did not know that much about her. Um, I knew that she was a Mexican artist. I obviously had seen her paintings before and thought that they were fabulous. But it was interesting to learn um, about her her marriage. And this and this is it's a really it's like, oh, what I learned about her that was so interesting was her marriage. But the the fact that her husband had affairs with her sister really kind of blew my mind a bit because that was didn't see that coming um but it was interesting for her to like she i think there was like a quote of her saying that she'd seen this artist come to her school one day and she told her friend she was gonna marry that man and then she ended up doing that so that was i thought that was kind of cool um but overall i really liked learning about frida uh I know she ended up dying in 1954, but before she did, she had exhibitions in in Paris and all over the. Oh my gosh! I think one of my favorite stories about Frida was when she had she had been in an accident, so she was in a wheelchair, and she made them take her in her wheelchair to her exhibition because she was she was gonna be there, so she's there in her wheelchair. And I was like, now that that is someone who's dedicated to her art. So I thought that was really cool. Now, I do know there's also a movie about Frida that's starring starring Selma Hayek. And that movie came out in 2002, I do believe. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 85 for the audience, which, in my opinion, is the most important number, depending on the movie. Because sometimes if the movie has subtitles, it tends to get a lower rating for some reason. But um, this movie was, uh, I'm sorry, the learning about Frida was super interesting and I have not watched this movie yet but a lot of people did and they said the movie was fabulous so it's on my list I just haven't had a chance to do that yet really busy life these days y'all um so like I was saying Frida's super cool there is a great movie I do recommend or other people do recommend that you watch it so why not we've got a free night check out Frida from 2002 starring Selma Hayek Apparently it's the, it's the bee's knees and I am 90. (laughs) Who says bee's knees? Just me. Anyway, so that was Frida. Um, Day five was woman directed. And for this one, we did portrait of a lady on fire. Now for this one, again, a movie I had not seen. Um, The premise is basically that it's set in France and roughly 1770s there's a painter who's been commissioned to paint 
uh, Heloise, I'm not, I probably said that wrong, commissioned the painter, um, a picture of portrait of that woman for her, uh, for her marriage. Um, the woman has just been retrieved from a convent and she doesn't really want to get married. Um, but she's being forced into marriage because her older sister who was supposed to marry died. Uh, and so now she's being married to that person instead. And the whole idea is that there's this painter who female painter who comes to paint her. And at first the painter, the, the girl doesn't know that that's why the woman's there. She's told that it's just meant to be her walking companion. And so they paint her in private or in secret. And after the painting's painted, then the artist doesn't love it as much and she wants to redo it and hijinks ensues. But it was a very interesting. I, I thought it was, I thought it was a very moving movie. Um, it was nice to see a lesbian couple played in a, I don't want to say realistic way, but in a, pleasant non-comedic way you know non it wasn't overly sexualized and it wasn't um it was tasteful I liked how tasteful it was you know it was tasteful it was relatable the idea of having commitments that you have to stick to regardless of if you want to or not um the the state the statue of women at the time not being in full control of their lives and even if they were how they weren't like the main character who's a painter who's does not have to marry but when she paints she has to submit the paintings under her father's name because as a woman she's not allowed to paint naked men or she's not allowed to paint certain things so the idea that even when you were free you weren't really free is something that is relatable to now because a lot of times when we we as, as women we recognize that the ceiling is moved but it's still there and while you know we have things that we can do there's still so much that's frowned upon like we'll talk about this a bit next week but even in genres such as like writing you have authors and as female authors you think we're the same as male authors or we like I've published a book I have not I've published poems <laughs> but um the idea you think that female authors and male authors are the same and while they are talent wise they're not categorized the same way when it comes to fiction there's a whole category of female fiction because that's a thing as opposed to just fiction it's female fiction now a man can write a fiction about a fictional story about the same topics but it wouldn't fall into only the category of female fiction. So it's these ideas that the ceiling has moved. You know, it, in the 1700s when this movie was made, women would not have even been allowed to, to publish a book under their own names. So the ceiling has moved, but it's still there because there are still these boxes that were placed in that don't fit us. And the movie did a great job subtly showing the boxes without making the boxes the entirety of the story they're still important because the woman is getting married she's in love with this other lady but she's getting married to a man and so the boxes are still there but they're played in a way that makes sense the story without feeling like they're playing to an audience so i really liked it the uh, the the tom tomato tomato meter score was 98 for for tomato meter and then 92 for audience which was pretty good for a movie with subtitles as i said earlier movies with subtitles 
tend to not do as well but this one turned out to be very great turned out very well so i honestly this one i saw and i will say everyone should watch um every adult should watch because it's definitely rated r because there's nudity and you know sexually explicit content so um so ums we're, we're on the so um train today <laughs> It was an excellent movie, and I do think that everyone should give it a chance to at least check it out and see how they feel about it. You know, maybe your take is different than mine, but as a bi person, I felt it relatable, and I liked seeing the lesbian couple. There were things about the movie I didn't particularly like, and it's not the movie's fault so much as it's movie's fault. You know, not this particular movie, just the whole movie idea you don't fall in love with someone in five days you don't fall madly in love with someone in 10 like this whole i fell in love with you in 10 days and this is a love i'm gonna feel for the rest of my life trope was it knocked me back into reality a bit um but i did like the movie you know oh oh there was another part of the movie that i really liked and sorry for the spoilers um they have they handle abortion in such a realistic human way and I appreciated it because it made it seem I don't want to say commonplace but it made it to where the thing about abortion at least in the United States the argument is you know abortion's bad because you know we need to protect the health of the baby you know like a fetus is a human you know it deserves to live And then there's all these rules trying to make abortions illegal. You know, we're trying to reverse Roe v. Wade. And the argument that most people who are pro-choice have made is abortions won't go anywhere. They'll just become unsafe. And I, what I liked about the movie was the way they, all the different methods that women used, even in the 1700s, to not have a baby. Um, whether it was because they had too many or it was their first one or they were unmet, unmarried. Like the idea of abortion is new. It's not something that people just came up with in the 60s because they were having too much sex. Like women having the right to an abortion is something that Susan B. Anthony fought for in the 1900s. Like it's an important thing to consider when you're talking about family planning, but also for the life of the of the people of the woman. Like our lives matter too. And a lot of times the woman is the one who's taking care of this child. So it's I liked how the movie did a really good job of of showing that even in time that was hundreds of years past, they were still having these problems, figuring out what to do when you're pregnant and how to not get fired if you're pregnant and you shouldn't be. And like, it was it was a really interesting, interesting take. And I liked the way the girls supported each other and the bonding that took place. Overall, I really liked the movie. I liked the message of the movie and I liked the way the movie was handled. It was very, very well done. So that was day five or Saturday for my Women's History Month calendar for week one. And overall, I think week one went very well. Um, I am pleased with this calendar and I am happy with everyone who's sharing it. If you haven't seen it, it's on my Instagram, um, hopelessly Tatiana. Um, it's also on my Facebook also hopelessly Tatiana. And I'm pretty sure I've shared it on my Twitter. That one is Tati underscore McLaurin. Um, but 
I love the calendar and I love all the support I've had for people sharing the calendar and talking about the calendar and making it something that we can all do together because knowledge is power, you guys. And I do want to break the biases. So I am, or the biases, sees? Hmm. So what my goal with this calendar is to break the bias. You know, that is the International Women's Day uh, theme for this month, but it's also a good theme in general. We need to challenge stereotypes. So I'm, I picked people that did that, I, like Frida, she did that. She challenged what a woman was supposed to be, supposed to say. She challenged what art was supposed to look like. You know, I picked movies that did that, such as Portrait on Fire. I picked conversations that have us challenge not just um, what is, but what should be. Like, is this what should be? And why is it this way? What can we do about it? What, what messaging can we put out instead? And I, that's my goal overall for this month is to look at where we are and how we can move forward. Cause we, we talk, we, we do a lot of learning and learning is an important first step education. I'm a teacher here. Education's key. But after you've learned, we have to figure out how to implement what you've learned. So I really liked the way our, I, the reason I chose to do the calendar this way was that I want us to focus on actually breaking the bias having conversations that move towards resolution and not just understanding. So thank you guys for taking the time to tune in and listen to me for this episode. Much appreciated. You honestly do not know how much I appreciate it. So thank you guys for sharing this, for telling your friends about it and for making women a central part of the conversation. Consider this, if you want to learn, read. If you want to reflect, write. If you want to change, listen. So, thank you for listening.